This morning, we are going to be continuing our journey uh, in Hebrews. And I am absolutely loving personally studying Hebrews. Uh, if you are, you know, you're maybe like we're skipping over some verses. You're right. Get into the book of Hebrews yourself at home. Bible study is not a Sunday morning thing. It's an all the time thing. Look into the word of God. Let it become real to you. Today we're going to be jumping into Hebrews chapter 12. On Mother's Day, Pastor Rachel, she brought the word and she spoke out of Hebrews chapter 11. And uh, you could say just the hall of fame, the faith hall of fame. And then when we get to chapter 12, I believe we see some things. If you want to be in that hall of fame, maybe not, we're, we're not going to get added to the Bible. That would be against the Bible to do that. But, but if you want to say, I want to be someone that is a person of faith, that people might look back and say, that person, something was special about them. They aligned with the word of God. Chapter 12 gets very practical in some of the steps and some of the things of what that looks like. And today we're going to look at Hebrews 12, 12 through the end of the chapter. And really it's all going to be about getting strong, getting right, getting bold. And then we're going to close it out today, where we're running to with watch out. And even before we dive into the word this morning, I want to be thinking, because there's, there's a watch out of, oh man, what I need to watch out. Uh, I was talking to a missionary this week, talking about insurance, and in Madagascar, in Africa, there's a special thing, how they do their car. It's absolutely fascinating that if you have been there, and you've driven more than five years, and you're in prime age, then you have a sticker on your car, whereas if you're a brand new driver, you have a green, which means pay attention, watch out for that person. Or if you're older or you, ha you, you maybe are uh, in a certain other age category, you've got another sticker. And if either the green sticker, the younger drivers, or the older people run into the people in the middle section, it's the person in the middle's fault, even if they didn't do anything. Which means that if you are the prime, you're one of the better drivers, you have to watch out for everyone else because if they reckon to you, it's all on you. How many think that would be a great, anybody want to volunteer? No, no, okay. That's a terrible setup, right? There's a watch out, like they have to watch out. Something might happen. But I want to encourage us today that if we grow strong, we grow right, we grow bold, we do these things in our life, then it's not I'm going to have to watch out, but it's watch out world. It's watch out what happens. It's watch out as God moves and reveals himself and speaks to you. So as we go through the word today, as we let it, I pray, speak to us. Where are you? Maybe God will reveal an area where you need to watch out because we're not lined up with the word. And uh, maybe you say, I've been here the last few weeks and these are kind of maybe not the nice little soft sermons or I like the stories or guess what? The word of God is so real because God wants you and me to watch out if we need to so that then we can say, watch out world with who he is. And that's the power of the word. So as we go through Hebrews chapter 12 this morning, I believe God is going to encourage you, build you up, and make you strong in him. Thinking of this, getting strong, bold, right. The last year or so, Pastor Rachel and I, we have been uh, building on our house. We added 660 square feet to the back of our home. That is mostly space to have people over. It has been so much fun. Even in the last year, I don't know, Rachel, if we added up all the people, uh, we probably had 300 people in our house, I bet, in the last year. Not all at one time, in small groups. We just have people over all the time. Life groups and our foundations groups over and over again. And we are loving, loving it. 
But then this last couple weeks, the front of our house, we got new siding and new windows to match what we did that was new. We put a new patio in, and it, it is wonderful. The other night, Friday night, our life group was at our house. We were sitting outside. We did marshmallows at the end, people that wanted to stick around. It is just fun to sit and to see like what you're dreaming of become reality. But you know what else happens when you add on and when there's, there's bobcats in your yard and they move tons of dirt, then all of a sudden we have this beautiful house, we've got a beautiful patio, and then it looks like a construction site because there's dirt and mud and unfortunately gravel everywhere in our new portion of around our house. And we want to get grass growing, but you know what doesn't work well? Gravel and grass seed. It just, it, it's not the best yard. So you can just put grass seed on top of it and you'll have some grass in your yard, but you also will have rock and no one likes to walk on rock. So on Thursday, my family, all seven of us, Chandler, he's our six-year-old, he was in and out. It was probably good for everybody that he was in and out. So that was okay. But the, the six of us all day long from 10 a.m. to 10 p.m., we got rid of gravel. We raked, we shoveled, we put in wheelbarrows, we put it, took it back to the, the creek. We, we got rid of the bad. And then we put six yard of topsoil on top of that clay, which if your house is anything like mine, the ground is horrible. So we put topsoil on top of it. By the end of the day, my hands were so bruised. Like not, not only maybe some blisters, but literally bruised. Every single line across every single joint, my palms. Why? Because we worked hard. And my wife's like, how are your hands bruised? And I was like, shovel, forcefully going into stone, bruises hands. Like it, it was just terrible. In fact, today I can move my hands fully. Like for the first time since Thursday, I feel pretty good. It only slightly hurts. It takes effort to get prepared and to be where it needed to be so that we could plant grass. And church, if you want this to be a place where you say, you know what, I really like church and it's just going to be easy, but there's no work. Well, number one, you're not reading the Bible because that's not accurate. And number two, I'm just going to let you know, that's, this isn't the right, right place for you. Because we are going to encourage growth in your life every single time we get together. We believe that growth and experiencing God and being bold in Him and getting right in Him, getting strong in Him are what it is all about. And so some of us, we have taken shortcuts. Some of us maybe haven't had opportunity when it comes to the Word in the past. And all of a sudden we're in the place where just like our backyard, there was stone and a mess that in one 12-hour period, God actually through us. It looks so much better. It was ready. There's grass seed, and now we're watering it all the time. We're going to have grass on that here within a month. It should look okay. And then obviously in a year or two, it's going to look really, really good. And in our spirit, we need to do the same thing. Sometimes there's areas where we have to say, this isn't a little at a time. This is right now. I'm going to let God move in my life. I'm going to let God do something in me. As we jump to Hebrews chapter 12, and we get started with the word this morning. Starts with get strong in Hebrews 12, 12, and 13. It says, therefore, lift your drooping hands and strengthen your weak knees. Which first of all, man, don't you love just a real encouragement to start it off? Like, get up, lift your drooping hands and strengthen your weak knees and make straight paths for your feet so that what is lame may not be put out of joint, but rather be healed. What is being said, get strong. 
I mentioned shovels. I mentioned my hands, blisters and bruises. You know what could help if I did yard work like that more than once every three or four years? If I really worked hard with my hands, they would not be like they've been the last few days in that level because I would have made them strong in him. And today, church, in my spirit, in my walk, in my sin, in the things that are a part of me, I have to build strength and I've got to get strong in who God has called me to be. Lift your drooping hands and strengthen your weak knees. This actually comes from Isaiah 50, or 35 as we uh, jump back there just for a moment in verses 3 and following. It says, strengthen the weak hands and make firm the feeble knees. Say to those who have an anxious heart, be strong, fear not, behold your God. Now that sounds exactly like what Alexa said just a few minutes ago, standing right here. She basically said that if you're anxious, if you're these things, be strong, fear not, walk in the Lord. Behold, your God will come with vengeance. With the recompense of God, he will come and save you. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened and the ears of the death, uh, deaf unstopped. Then, the lame sh- uh, then shall the lame man leap like a deer and the tongue of the mute sing for joy. And it just continues on. It's saying, get strong in me. Get strong in who I have called you to be. This passage would be like a a vivid picture of a coach or a trainer that is pushing you to your limits. I don't know if anybody in the place has ever gone and worked out and you're like, oh, this is good. And then you employ, you pay somebody, a trainer, or maybe you've been to uh, physical therapy, something's got to do, and they push you to the point where it hurts, where it is painful, where when you leave, you've got days of pain on the other side, where all of a sudden you're like, I now know what working out means because my back hurts and my arms hurt and every part of me hurts, whatever you're working out in those days. And that is what being, is being spoken of. Work, get strong in me. When pressure and opposition build, we can't let fear paralyze us. We can't let anything stop us from going in and letting God move and speak in our lives. In verse 13, talking about this lame, that they may not be put out of joint, and studying and looking this. This is referring to believers. This is referring to people who are in danger of missing what God has for them. Of those that are are in danger of fatigue or of uh, spiritual, just being lax in who God has called them to be. It's saying you need to be strong. You need to be built up. You need strong needs. You need your hands to be made strong so that you can help the people around you. In fact, this morning, if you look around, maybe somebody to the one side of you or the other or in front of you or behind you, it is possible that that person that you see at some point is going to need you to have made yourself strong in the Lord. When they're at their weakest, you can come and you can be strong in their place for them to walk beside them. It's not only you and what you're about, but it's about the people around you. Be strong. Get strong so you can overcome and help the struggling around you. It's a calling that has been placed. That faith uh, hall of fame in chapter 11, that's what it's talking about. People that they, even in their weakness, were made strong and in the strength of God, pulled people along with them, pulled people to health and to what God wanted to do and speak God wants to use you. Get strong. Get right as we continue. Verse 14 says, Strive for peace with everyone and for the holiness without which no one will see 
the Lord. See to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of God, that no root of bitterness springs up and causes trouble, and by it many become defiled, that no one is sexually immoral or unholy like Esau, who sold his birthright for a single meal. For you know that afterward, when he desired to inherit the blessing, he was rejected, for he found no chance to repent, though he sought it with tears. Now, I don't know about anybody else, but that's a little bit terrifying that I do not want to be an Esau, and I don't want someone around me to be an Esau, where their blessing was taken because of a choice, because of a meal that they wanted more than than, than, uh, just to be patient and to wait on God. There's a thing that we must do, is to be strong and to be right, and to help the people around us walk in holiness. It says, don't let anybody, don't let anybody strive for peace with everyone. Holiness is vital in our life. Once again, that person that maybe you look to or that's on your left or your right, it is part of our job to contend for them and to fight for them. And when we see something or a behavior or when we see that there's doubt or there's worry or there's concern or there's anxiety, that we come behind them, beside them, we lift them up and we're not gonna let our friends or our neighbors or the people that are a part of our church, we are not gonna let them fall to things that we should be strong and we should be helping them with. It's a full church thing. This is not a pastor thing. It's not a leader thing. It's if you are a follower of Jesus, we must be strong in him. We must be right. Get right where he has us to be. We must walk in holiness. He calls us to a higher standard. It's all created and provided by his death and his resurrection that we can see him, experience him, and walk in him. 1 John 3, 2 says, Beloved, we are God's children now. What will we be has not yet been revealed. What we do know is this, when he is revealed, we will be like him, for we will see him as he is. There's something about it growing him, being right, not because of who we are, but because of who he is, and asking him, Lord, be revealed in my life, in me, through me, so that I can encourage and bless and hold somebody up. I don't want a root of bitterness. I don't want something in me in in verse 15. I don't want that in my life that causes trouble and brings defilement. I don't want that to be in me that that makes an issue and a problem. They were pointing back to Moses. The caution that the day the Hebrews chose to turn from God, a root would be planted that would produce bitter poison. If such a person assumes to have God's blessing and then proceeds to disobey this plant, an evil seed that begins to grow out of control, eventually yielding a crop of sorrow and pain. We will not let this be in our life. I encourage you to be right with God, to get strong in who you are, to fight against anything that would be a root of bitterness or deceit or lie in your life that you say, I will not let it be. And once again, that we're going to hold the, the hand of our brother or sister next to us. Lift them high in the Lord. We're going to walk rightly before the Lord. We talked about Esau. Whew, I do not like this part. I don't like these verses where Esau sold his birthright and then could not regain it. Church, it's, it's vital that we understand. It's vital. There's some young people sitting over on this side over here. It's vital that you understand. Whatever age you are in the room, decisions that we make have consequences down the, down the line. 
God's grace, praise the Lord. He forgives. He makes new our place in heaven. Yeah, that, that's, that's good. But decisions that we make will hurt us. Anybody? I mean, you don't have to raise your hand, but there's been decisions I've made that all of a sudden I have to deal with the consequences of that decision. Even as I walk in forgiveness, even as God has forgiven me, I can be forgiven, but I have to navigate that water. Esau sold his birthright for one meal. And because of that, he lost the greatest blessing, the greatest thing, what he should have had, he gave away. And church, when we're strong and we're right and we're walking in the Lord, we're not going to lose our birthright for a meal. And we're not going to let someone around us either. We're going to walk in him and be strong in him and let him move in our life. Get right so you experience the blessing of God as you walk set apart to God. Bring the world with you. Bring people with you. Don't let your neighbor fall. Don't let your neighbor do something like Esau did. Get strong, get right, get bold. The other night we were in our foundations group and we were talking about real, real shallow topics like resurrection of the dead and eternal, uh, and, and you know, the end times and all of these things, just real easy topics. And we're talking about then within these things, with believing that there's going to be a judgment because that's what the word preaches. Believing there's going to be a rapture. Believing someday we're going to be with Jesus. And that means someday others are not going to be with Jesus. We must get bold. And we don't have to stand on a soapbox and scream at the world. But we better be bold to talk about who he is. To talk about what he's done. To share the goodness of God with our world. Because there's people, so many, that don't know him. That aren't walking in freedom. That are walking in fear or anxiety and maybe some that don't even realize, but sin that is holding them down. We've got to get bold in him. Verse 18 goes on. For you have not come to what may be touched, a blazing fire and darkness and gloom and a tempest and the sound of a trumpet and a voice whose words made the hearers beg that no further messages be spoken to them. For they could not endure the order that was given. If even a beast touches the mountain... It shall be stoned. Now, you might be like, what? Mount Sinai, the children of Israel. They leave Egypt. They go to this place. God is on this mountain. And they are terrified. They are terrified of God. They're terrified of what this is. It's a holy place. Only Moses could go up on this mountain. It, it, is, it is saying we've not come to this. We've not come to this place. 21 indeed, so terrifying was the sight that Moses said, I tremble with fear. That's what it was. But now you have come to Mount Zion and to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, the innumerable angels in festal gathering, and to the assembly of the firstborn who are enrolled in heaven, and to God, the judge of all, and to the spirits of the righteous made perfect, and to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. When I read this, I don't know, you might have to read it a couple times. This builds excitement in my life. Church, we are not going to a Mount Sinai, that list of negative things. That is not who we are and what we are about. But we get to enter into the holy city. We get to enter into the throne room of God. When we worship on Sunday morning, 
Maybe you stand here and you're like, worship, it, it might not just be your first natural thing. Why worship is so huge is because it's not about Pastor Matt or Alexa or the team that are leading us and we get to sing some good songs and have a concert. That is not what it is about, but it's about God. In this moment, a lot of people that connect through worship, that they get to praise him and worship him. Which means if you don't, that might not be your number one thing. You say, man, I get to enter into the throne room of God. I don't have to be scared anymore or worried. I'm going to do it even if it, I like to worship in other areas. It's easier in other areas. Today, worship, that's why the church is so big on it. Because we get to enter right into what God has. And it's not Moses standing at the bottom of a mountain, leaving everybody behind. But we, as a group, get to walk into the presence of God and say, Lord, it's not only law of the old covenant, but his relationship of the new. It's not bulls and lambs and blood. It's, it's Jesus who died for me, the ultimate sacrifice. I get to be bold and enter in to who he is, to Mount Zion, to the holy temple, the city. I get to glorify God. Psalm 911 says, sing praises to the Lord who dwells in Zion. Declare his deeds among the people. Anybody else, that's where praise him, worship him, glorify him, because we all get to do it. We get to do it as a family, and we don't have to be scared as they were. The new covenant has welcomed us. The new covenant has called us firstborn. We are not like Esau, that we sold it and we've lost it. But if you're a part of the family today, you are a firstborn. You have the full rights of inheritance in the kingdom of God. You are grafted in. Church, there's nothing better than knowing that. It doesn't matter what your past was. It doesn't matter how young or old you are. You have full rights of inheritance in the kingdom of God when you say yes to him and you make Jesus the Lord of your life. There's nothing better than knowing that I get to be bold because I'm his child. I get to be bold because he's with me. I get to be bold because there's, it's not the blood of Abel or of, go, bo, of goats. It's Jesus Christ, my Savior and Lord. Get bold and receive a better word of peace and hope through Jesus. Get bold to share the love of God. Get bold to walk in him. Get bold to leave your old life, the things of this world behind. Get bold to say, you know what, what the news says or Facebook says or this TV show, that is not God. That is not who he's called me to be. Be bold to say the word of God is what I stand on. The word of God is where it starts and ends in my life. And what this says is who I will be which means I'm going to be bold in loving my neighbor and caring for those that even don't do or believe the word yet. I'm going to be bold in loving them and caring for them and believing that one day, one day, they're going to come to know Jesus. They're going to become a part of that family, that firstborn with Jesus. Get strong, get right, get bold. And when you do those things in Jesus, then watch out world. Verse 25 says, see that you do not refuse him who is speaking. For if they did not escape when they refused him who warned them on earth, much less will we escape if we eject him who warns from heaven. There's the watch out. If you are not plugged into him, watch out. And I'm here to tell you, church, I'm here to tell you maybe this is your first Sunday. If you've never offered your heart to Jesus, we're here for one reason. To see one more person come to Jesus over and over and over again. Why? Because it says, do not refuse him who is speaking. 
Don't, don't delay. Come to know this King of kings and Lord of lords. Come to experience him and walk in him and what he has for you. Is jumping to verse 28 as we close. Therefore, let us be grateful for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. And thus let us offer to God acceptable worship with reverence and awe. For our God is a consuming fire. Church, we serve a God that loves us, that gave everything for us, that calls us to stand up, to be strong, to be bold, and to go out to our world and say, I don't care what happens. I don't care what, what I, I, my lack, because I don't know about anybody else, but there's lack in my life. But Lord, I'm going to be bold to walk in you and what you are speaking to me. Which means, Lord, every time I go to work, every day I go to work, every time I talk to somebody, a family member, whatever it is, Lord, make me bold to speak the truth. Lord, make me bold. Just talk about what God's done. Today, I encourage you to take a nugget from the Word of God. And this week, don't come back next Sunday until you've said and told somebody, you know what? Sunday morning, God spoke this to me. The Word spoke this to me. Be in your daily devotions and look for an opportunity just to say, this morning I was reading and I feel this morning God showed me, this morning God revealed. It doesn't have to be weird. Just talk like it's normal because it should be to you and make it normal to your world. Get bold in him and then we're not going to have to watch out because we are grafted in. The blood of Jesus has covered us. You are good. In fact, if you've never given your life to Jesus here in a moment, I encourage you to step from watch out like, don't, don't delay. Watch out. Come to the other side where you get to start saying, watch out, world. Watch out, world. The goodness of God is moving in my life. I talked about Mount Zion and Mount Sinai. Mount Sinai, the old covenant. Mount Zion, the new. Mount, Mount Sinai, fear and terror. It was in a desert. It was all about earthly things. It was only Moses who could draw near. It was characterized by guilty men really, who walked in fear. It was Moses as the mediator. It was the old covenant of blood and goats and animals. It was really exclusion. It was, it was the law. It was these words that I don't really like any of them. But on the new side, the new covenant, it's about love and forgiveness. It's the city of our living God. It's not in some desert. We get to enter into him. Speaks of heavenly things, a general assembly. You are all invited to draw near. It's about men who have flaws being made perfect. Women today who come and, and give and you're made perfect in him. It's about Jesus, our mediator, our high priest. It's a new covenant. It's a new covenant. Jesus. It's about an invitation for all being welcomed. It's about his grace. And today as we close up, <clears throat> I pray that this morning, if you've never given your life to Jesus, that this morning you felt a call, not from me, not from what I've said, but that Jesus himself, the Holy Spirit has spoken to you. And there's something in your heart that says, I need this. You may be first time in church or maybe hundreds of times, but you say, I've, I'm not walking with him and I wanna make him Lord of my life. I want to change which side of the watch out I'm on. I don't want to watch out and be worried about what God thinks of me, but I want the world to watch out because I'm walking in God. This morning, all you have to do is just offer him yourself. 
Repent of your sin. Say something like, Lord, forgive me. I repent of my past. I want to make you the Lord of my life. Right now, right where you sit, you can open your heart to him. You can let him come, and he welcomes you in. Instantly, you are a firstborn. You are a part. You are grafted in. You're a royal priesthood. There's nothing better than the invitation that Jesus gives for us. I think every one of us in the room, there might be an area in us where we're like, I need to, I need to have some strength. I need some strength in my life. Get strong. Get right. Get bold. What is it that you need to do? Is there a sin area that you need to remove and let God make new in your life? Is there accountability that you need to have? Maybe you've been walking and, you know, when I was 16 years old, I was a little scrawny kid, super scrawny. In fact, I would have been one of those kids that I got my driver's license, my temps when I was 15 and a half, my driver's license when I was 16. I would have been the kid that you look over and you say, there's no way that person should be driving a vehicle. Like, there's no way. And when I turned 16 years old and I got my driver's license, the first thing I did is I said, I'm going to go get a gym membership because I am ridiculously teeny. It's crazy. And I went, and three times a week, without fail, for about six months, I went to this gym every single week. I paid at the very beginning for a trainer. I got the wisdom, and then I didn't keep paying because I was way too cheap for that. But he told me what I needed to do. Got me going in the right weights and in the right place. And I, for six months, I worked out. And you know, it probably had less to do with me working out, I don't know, but a growth spurt. But with God, when we apply ourselves, then God takes us and our lack and what we don't have and probably what we can't even do on ourselves. And all of a sudden, he gives us a spiritual growth spurt where six months later, I literally grew several inches I filled out, I looked like a young man instead of a kid. And you know what? I believe there's some people, maybe all of us in some way, who today, we need God to come beside us. And we need to say, I'm going to commit myself to the Word. I'm going to commit myself to changing an area of my life where I look like a kid. I'm on milk in a spiritual way. But now, God, you make me new. You make me whole. Build strength in my life because you've got somebody You've got somebody for me to impact this week, this month, this year. There's a family member that you've got to get strong so that you can help them and hold them up in the spirit. You've got to get strong because someone in this church is going to need you, is going to need you to be their prayer warrior, is going to need you to be their accountability partner because someone in this church is going to not be here in this church if you are not the person that catches them when they're falling, that holds them up church. We've got to be a family. That's what Hebrews is all about, is we've got to be a family that we go after Jesus. We rely on him and his kingdom, and we walk in him, and we let the spirit of God absolutely transform who we are, so we're not letting anybody fall or falter around us. This morning, if you would, will you stand on your feet, wherever you are, if you need to give your life to the Lord, if you already haven't, as we begin to play, would you just pray? All you have to do to pray is just talk to God. Start, start speaking. There'll be music. No one will hear you. And if they do, they'll love it. That'll be the best thing possible. Share what, what God is doing in your life. He wants to speak. And for every one of us, let's get strong. Let's get right. Let's get bold. Let's go after what God has. And let's let our world watch out because the kingdom of God is not going to stay inside of four walls. The kingdom of God is not that. It is about us, the kingdom, going, the church going, 
and making a difference, reaching our world. Watch out, world. So as we close this time, as we sing a song of worship, make it an altar time. Maybe you want to come and find a space at the altar. Maybe you need to repent of sin, get those things out of your life. Maybe you just want to recommit, Lord, I'm all in. I'm going to be bold. This week, I'm going to be bold. Lord, we thank you. We glorify you and we ask you today, Lord, to pour your spirit out upon each person that hears these words. Maybe they're at home. Maybe they hear it on a podcast in five weeks. It doesn't matter. Maybe right here they're here. Lord, I pray that your spirit would move and that you would guide and that you would direct and you would bring wholeness to us. Lord, that you would make us strong in you so we can hold up our brothers and our sisters when they are in time of of need, of weakness. And Lord, today for those that they feel like they are that person, Lord, I pray that your word, I pray that this time of worship, this time of prayer, Lord, is a part of holding them up, of building them up, that they will make it. They will accomplish what you have called them to. They will overcome. They will make it because you are the Lamb of God. And in fact, you sit in heaven and you intercede even in this moment. Lord, they are not alone, and we walk in you. So, Lord, as we turn our hearts to you, speak. What would you say individually to us in the room? Lord, what would you say? We love you. We love you. Help us, Lord Jesus, to get strong, get right, get bold, and watch out world. We need you, God, to lead us, to guide us to take us from where we are to where you want us to be. And Lord, make where you want us to be where where we want to be. Lord, turn our hearts, mold our hearts. Lord, I pray that this week as we leave this building, Lord, that we don't stop being the church, but Lord, we take you. We are the church everywhere we go. At lunch, Lord Jesus, I pray, Lord, that we would have opportunities, we'd make opportunities to share you, to pray for a waiter or a waitress. God, that we would lift them up, that we would encourage them. Lord, that in our homes, with family, tomorrow, at work, or wherever we go, whatever we do, God, would you let us be used by you? Lord, this week, I pray that the 270 kids that are in our daycare, Lord, I pray they would experience your love and your power and your anointing, God. Lord, through teachers. Lord, I pray that the teachers, Lord, would feel your love and your anointing and your power. Lord, that they would be your hands and feet, that they would be bold to share you and proclaim you. Lord, let us go all in with you. And Lord, I pray that our world has to watch out because you are leading and you are guiding and miracles, the supernatural begins to happen. Lord, because when we go all in with you, you never know. You never know what's gonna happen. And God, we wanna experience it. We wanna walk in it. We love you. We thank you, Jesus. More of you. Church, there's nothing like going all in with Jesus. Let's live it. Let's walk it. Let's be the church in a powerful way this week. Let's let our world experience him, see him, because you, because you are walking in his boldness, because you're strong and you're right. And I mentioned a few times, would you think about someone, maybe in this church, that maybe you haven't seen, or maybe that you know is struggling, or that some, would you call somebody? Would you encourage someone? Would you make it a point to text somebody this week just to check in on somebody maybe you haven't seen? Sometimes the littlest things mean so much. It's not little to them. And I believe God will lead you and guide you to 
make a huge impact, even within the church. And then let's be the church outside. Love you, Radiant family. You are awesome. Right after this, if you've never been to a Next Steps, Next Steps happens in the glass area at 11 o'clock. Love to have you join us. Pastor Joe will be in there. And uh, we're just excited to be the church, to grow and to walk in Him. Have an amazing day. Be careful what you watch. Be careful what you listen to. Be careful what you talk about. Savor the presence of Jesus.